Hello, and welcome to Moral Story Podcast for the 10th and final time. Um, I would just like to start out by thanking everyone for listening all the way to the end and supporting me throughout this podcast. Uh, I'll do like a just quick review of what I've planned on doing like after this episode and from here on out. I do not plan on creating a second season. However, I do plan on possibly doing some updates about like my life and a review on some of those things. For example, recently I've reflected some of the things that I've gone through and there's a chance that I have like ADHD. And if that ever gets confirmed, I do plan on having an episode where I speak about like what was it that made me like realize that I have some of those tendencies and the treatment options, how it was recognized and things along those lines. And also if I have any other situations in which I feel might be important for people to open up and have a conversation about or know that other people go through it, I will probably create an episode after that. To stay updated and know when those episodes are coming out, I highly encourage that you follow the Instagram account, which is moralistory.podcast. And I do hope to have a website, which I have it up. I just need to add things to it and get it actually fully formed. And I'll put updates as to when those posts are created. And I will put those updates on the Instagram as well. A part of that website, I was hoping to have some of the listener stories in a section or a tab on that website to kind of see what not only I have gone through, but what other people have gone through and to kind of help listeners realize that if they're going through these these sort of things, that they're not alone. And so if you have any listener stories, I was not able to have any listener episodes, but feel free at any time or whenever you find the time uh, to email those stories to moral of the story podcast 2021 at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Twitter, which I honestly don't really use, but if you want to like keep some updates or the, the links for our website or the episodes, those do get posted to Twitter. And that is moral underscore pod. It's kind of difficult to keep all the usernames the same considering there are a lot of uh, podcast name moral of the story. So that's kind of on me for that part. But I didn't want to change the name because I felt like it was really, it really spoke to what I was trying to accomplish on the fact that, yeah, life can get hard, but there's things that you can learn from it and that you can get better and stronger from like some of these hardships. And I wanted to tell my story because I didn't experience anything that was I don't know that stuck out like I feel like I just have like this average normal life and I've still struggled with like suicidal thoughts and mental illnesses and so many other people are in that same boat I think so often we feel like in order to open the conversation about mental illnesses and things along those lines that we need to have like this extraordinary story for people to look up to and like well if they went through that and they made it through then I can make it through But you don't need to have, like, these horrendous things happen to you for you to struggle in your life. And comparing your story to other people's stories and saying, like, oh, well, I don't have it that bad then. 
you're kind of ignoring what you're going through just because you're comparing it to other people. And that's not really helpful for you or the other person. And so I just wanted to have like that conversation open up a little bit. I do want to talk about before I get to the actual season finale part that I have planned. Uh, I wanted to just talk about where I am now and where I hope to be going. So, uh, to begin, I think I want to talk about some of the issues that I have with social anxiety that still kind of remains to this day. Uh, ever since my friends left me my sophomore year, I've really struggled with connecting to other people. I always have that depersonalization or that dissociation from the world around me, especially when it comes to connecting to other people. So I feel like I always, to this day, have some issues with like abandonment trauma in a way. And I don't know if that's really like the correct term that I should be using for that. But I always have like this this fear of being like fully inducted into a friends group because I feel like if I am accepted into an actual group, it's just a matter of time before they get rid of me. And so I feel like forming really deep personal connections with other people is very rare for me and very difficult as well. And it's kind of hard to explain that because like there's people that I hang out with 24-7 and I talk to them all the time, but I really don't get that attached. There are a handful of people which I am like, I have deep personal connections with and they're like my best friends and they're like family, but there's just almost that bubble that I'm stuck in and it can get like really, I don't know, uh, I guess I can self-sabotage things when things start to go like a little bit wrong. Like I'll put myself into this isolation and pull away from people. And part of that isolation when self-sabotaging for social anxiety is if I put myself in isolation, I just want to see if they even notice that I'm gone. And so I'm just forming this like confirmation bias to see like, do I belong? Do I matter? And just I'm doing a lot better now where I recognize that I'm doing it and I can kind of put a stop to it and I can try to go back and reach out to people that I feel like I'm losing connections with rather than forcing that disconnection, which is something that's actually really common with people who have social anxiety. When I have those issues with my friends, a lot of people will say like, well, you just have to talk about it. But I have like this fear because of all that drama that happened back in high school is that if I mention that I'm upset about something or I come across as angry, people are gonna label me as a bitch and completely ignore why I'm upset rather than addressing how they can help to fix it and what we can do together to create a more positive like connection and, and environment when we're together. I think a lot of that has to be with like being a female that you're just not allowed to be upset about things even though people can treat you like complete and utter shit and you just have to like sm grin and bear it. And honestly, like there's so many things that when I'm getting, I get blown off by so many people because like, oh, she's upset because like of something they did. But instead of acknowledging why I'm upset, they make excuses for it. And I guess I didn't really realize like that huge fear until I was listening to Mad Woman by Taylor Swift, which is really... <laughs> it's kind of dumb that I came to this like whole conclusion when I was like listening to a song, but I think she made like a lot of good points with like 
they want to say those certain things if you were someone else. And I think it's not just being like angry, but also people with mental illnesses. If people know you have those mental illnesses, a lot of times if you're upset, they're like, well, you're overthinking it. You're overreacting. There's no truth behind what you're thinking. And I think they come to that conclusion so quickly rather than actually acknowledging the fact that, yes, it might be irrational and overthought, but there is something behind all of that. And so I think I get stuck in those traps where I keep myself quiet like so often. And so uh, that can put me in a really bad position. And because like, I feel like I can't talk to people, that's when I start doing the isolation. And, and when you're, when I'm in the isolation, that's always when I need the help the most. Uh, for example, because I'm so afraid of what people will think with my mental illness, when it gets really bad, that's when I start to go quiet. Like on the process in the downhill, like I'm always trying to like reach out and I'm trying to be vocal about it. But then once it gets super bad, like I feel like I'm hitting rock bottom. That's when I go quiet because I feel like everyone's so tired of hearing that I'm struggling all the time. And so I don't really talk to people about this very often. Or if I am going through it, I try to keep it quiet. But I have thoughts of just being done and want everything to stop. Like you just want time to stand still and be completely removed all the time. Well, not like all the time, but it's probably like 75% of the time I'm going through some phase in which it's not suicidal thoughts or death, but just the thoughts of wanting to be like completely done and everything to stop. And honestly, like the thoughts of death are kind of like common for me. And I wish I could say like, oh, it's never happened anymore. But I find that I'm a lot stronger now because back in my sophomore year, like I was caving to it, but now I've had way worse situations where I was in much worse mental states and I was still able to like stay strong and not give in to those thoughts or give them any power. But it is still something that I struggle with every single day. So I don't want people to think like, oh, I made this podcast. I was going through all this and now I'm perfect. I am not perfect. I'm growing. There's just so many things that I had fester and I wish I could say that they went away, but even with, say, like, what happened with me and Seth, I have trust issues when I'm talking to someone or if I'm going into a relationship. For example, one of the ways that my anxiety festers is through nightmares. And so every single time I'm talking to someone, once we get about, like, two weeks into talking, that's when I cannot sleep anymore because I wake up three to four times a night from nightmares about being used being with someone that does not actually like me or someone that discovers who I am and realize that they want no part of it. But what's the kind of funny, like not funny, cause it, but like strange part about it is I'm afraid that people are going to find my faults and they're going to reject, reject me for it. But every single time I'm talking to someone, like I always panic and I always just like list off on like, this is everything that's wrong with me. Like, and I just constantly remind them. And I feel like I'm just sabotaging myself being like, you're making a huge mistake. <laughs> it's bad. But I've been kind of realizing lately, like, even though I definitely do not want to be in a relationship, I kind of feel like I'm more equipped to do it now than I was two years ago when I would like absolutely panic. But now it's just, I know what I want. Where I've gone through relationships where it was just like, 
this playful thing where like you weren't it's just casual and i honestly think that's why hookup culture is so wrong is even if you think that it's just nothing and it's just a casual thing you don't know what's going through the other person's mind even if they're telling you that they're okay with it they might not be like fully aware or processing it and because it's your body and giving yourself to someone else is such like an immense thing on your mental health because like the oxytocin and also just the way so many people like kind of value that when you realize afterwards or like you fully accept it and come to terms with the fact that you do not mean anything to this other person you feel like you lost a bit of yourself because you let them do things to you that you would not typically be comfortable with and so I think the subject of hookup culture we keep saying like well we shouldn't preach abstinence because that's just being like naive I'm not saying that we should preach abstinence but I'm saying like we should not be preaching that oh it's just a fun thing that you can do if you do it responsibly I think we should be preaching like this is what a healthy relationship looks like this is what a healthy foundation and like mutual respect for that person not just their body, but who they are as a person and kind of teach that it should only really be used in healthy situations and how to recognize that I think is a better thing that we should be preaching in today's society. But uh, I know like because of my religious beliefs and what I've been through, I do not want to, I do not plan on having sex till marriage because I don't want to have to worry about the issues and complications that come with that until I know like we have a strong, stable relationship. And I also with my religious beliefs, because I spent so much time getting like pushed around by the wrong people, like I never dated anyone, but there's a lot of people that I stuck by that absolutely like tore me to pieces, like gaslighting me constantly and just treating me like shit. Like I know that I do not want to get into a relationship until I know for sure that I'm making the right decision. And so I spent a lot of time like reflecting as to like what I want. And my religion was always the thing that always had the most prominence, I guess, because I, as like I mentioned in these previous episodes, the one thing that pulls me out of suicidal states is usually my religion. And when I get older, I want to have kids and I want to be able to raise them with the experiences that I've had and kind of get them equipped to make it through like the hardest of mental states. And um, not only that, but I want to write a book about the theology of the body. And I also want to do, I have like these plans to do this book where it's a two volume series, but it's kind of like different than how most books are set up where the first one's a narrative and the second book kind of branches off of that first one where you start doing uh, choose your own adventure things where it's like, well, this is your decision. If you choose this one, go to this page. If you choose this other one. And, uh, I'm not going to go too much into like the subject of that book because it's probably going to be like years before I actually find the time to do that. But they're both kind of like religion based. And I know like my friends, I don't mind if they're not the same uh, religion as me, but considering how many of my plans in my life has something to do with my religion. I don't think I would feel comfortable trying to be so passionate about this and talking to someone like a spouse and knowing that they're like lukewarm about the religion. And I really want something just like for me personally, 
I want someone that believes in the same things as me. And when I was talking about my kids earlier with my religion, I also, I don't know, uh, as a kid, I think being raised by a generation in which they didn't really follow the mental health or that had all these bad stigmas and they're always afraid of, I don't know, what to do when like, it, like they didn't know how to handle if like someone, like their kids were struggling with certain things like that. And I want to be able to create an environment in which they'll be able to not necessarily talk to me about it, but at least reach out to me if they need help from like a professional or someone else. And it's just really important to me that I like raise them to a life like better than what I had. And I'm not trying to blame my parents for this at all. Like, no, it's not just your parents that raise you. It's your friends that you lose. It's your family. It's your parents. It's your teachers, your coaches. It's like everyone in your life that raises you in a way. And I want to make sure that the people that they're around, they are able to recognize that they're healthy friendships and relationships. And so, like, I guess that's always just been a really big goal for me because even with, like, creating this podcast, like, I'm one of those people where if something goes wrong for me, I want to make sure that it's going to be better for the next person. So I created this podcast so I can talk about it. So if someone's going through this, that they can find those support systems or understand it or open a conversation. And my dream of having kids is that same exact situation where I know like all these times that I've been suicidal and just being able to create a better life where they don't have to get to that extreme. And if they do, they can get the help right away. And um, I guess I'll wrap up with just kind of talking a little bit about like my future goals since I am already on the subject of kids and stuff. Um, I'm currently in college for architecture and I just want to end up at like a small firm and live in the country because I know with I've always been raised in a small area and I get so stressed out when I'm on like this big city and stuff like that but for the longest time I wanted to end up at a big firm and I wanted to make all the success in architecture but I'm coming to realize like all the success that I've chased was just me trying to prove that I'm enough and I've kind of took like a hard look at this and I don't want to be like this crazy successful like high-end name in architecture I just want to be able to do what I enjoy and not have that overwhelm my entire life because when I was first started at Cooper's my boss told me that work is part of life not all of life and it shouldn't stress you out to the point in which that you're no longer happy And so I just want to end up in a small firm and I want to live in the country. I want to have like a pond and like a a shelter house patio area for like hangouts and like socializing. And uh, I want to get into like this hobby of like winemaking. I don't know why, but it just seemed like something small you can do. And it's like that social thing. You have like friends over. And I don't I just wanted to have like this hangout spot so that people can come to my house and I always love being like the host and stuff because then I can like like plan and provide things and I don't know why that always just makes me like so happy and stuff like that and that's what I like want in my life and then the kids when they have friends over they'll have something to do like we'll be like the cool house you know and be like all sorts of fun that I look forward to and this is all the stuff with my goals and like my house and how I want everything set up 
Like that's what I always focus on when I'm really stressed out and I can't really see a future or I'm having suicidal thoughts and I don't really feel like I have anything to live for. That just got really dark. Um, <laughs> but this is the whole life that I've like planned. And even though I know like life doesn't always go as you plan, just having, being able to envision a future is something that I used to not be able to do, especially when I was having like those really dark stages. And the fact that I can still see that future and still plan it when I'm in those dark stages and it pulls me out of it, I think shows so much growth that I don't know, people don't really talk about because they always, they always think that growth is never having suicidal thoughts again, but sometimes growth is finding ways out of it and sticking it out rather than succumbing to it. And I guess that's all I really wanted to talk about that, where I'm at in my life, where I want to go. Uh, to wrap up, I did create a poem at, for my, uh, season finale, and I'd like to give a little shout out to Lauren Nitschke. Uh, when we were in seventh grade, I remember we had, like, the sleepover, and I was talking to her, and I was talking about some of the depression I was going through at that point where I was already feeling, like, super meaningless, that I wasn't enough, and Lauren, uh... Her dad once told her when she was like really little because she was like bashing herself or something. And her dad pulled out a little picture of like when she was like younger than seven, I guess, and said, say all those things that you're saying to yourself to this little girl in the picture. And if you can't say it to the little girl, then you shouldn't be saying it to yourself now. And so I kind of wrote this poem with that in mind, like talking to my younger self and not necessarily giving them blind hype and this toxic positivity, like, everything is going to be perfect. You're fine. If it gets bad, like, it's not that bad. Like, but just teaching the kid, like, life doesn't always work the way you want. And, like, this is the things that you're going to face, but that doesn't take away from who you are. And so I guess to wrap up the whole season, uh, I'll start that poem and... After that poem, I that's the end of this episode, the end of the season. And just one last time, I would just like to thank all of you for supporting me and listening all the way through. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy my poem. Darling, you are witty. There's no reason for lies. So I must admit that there will be trying times. When it comes to your raising, your parents had done their best. However, the anxiety and depression had done the rest. You carefully calculate what you're capable of and wrongly conclude that you'll never be enough. Darling, don't you know you have nothing to prove? The pressure of people pleasing was never really you. If you spent all your time giving them all the things you no longer have to give, you end up with a deficit of self and that's no way for you to live. I know you spent your nights in your bed crying, questioning whether you should even continue trying. As you grow older, the tears will cease to flow. But the pain, oh, the pain will only grow. Once so innocent, you never question your place in a room. But later socializing will fill you with an increased sense of doom. Did you say the wrong thing? Did you step too far? Are you welcomed anymore? How can you live with who you are? All these questions never really meant a thing. 
but knowing that does not make it any easier for you to think. To think that you are wrong, to think that you belong. Darling, the monsters don't live under the bed. As you grow older, they'll move into your head. In an effort to hide, you built up your walls and you built them up high. If only you had known, you had walled them inside. On your own, the silence grows loud as the hateful voices swell up to a crowd. It is there in the silence the monsters come out. Darling, I know you're afraid because you know the beast by name. They go by sadness, fear, and shame. You studied all the books, you did all your work, but what they didn't teach you will leave you shook. Nothing prepared you for when you receive full support, yet you feel so alone and miles away, as if you threw a party and nobody came. But darling, don't you see, they were beside you all along. Depression only sings sad solo songs. Why, you might ask, what made you this way? Part of your genetics had been arranged in disarray. Not only that, but your friends will leave you in dismay. You try to adapt and force your emotions to obey. But this terrible tactic has left you astray. You had spoke your mind, but never quite right, and every conversation would end with a fight. No, life will not remain easy, I'm sorry to say, because the betrayal of your friends will stay with you to this day. Any disagreement causes alarm as your mind tries to dodge any risk of harm. Forgive others often and yourself even more. Nothing is to be gained by keeping score. You became obsessed with earning all A's. You live for validation through perfection and praise, but all you could see was all your mistakes. You grew too used to feeling overwhelmed. How far you had fallen, it's hard to tell. But rock bottom has a basement, there are seven layers to hell. And no one would hear you when you cried for help. On the brink of relinquishing the fight, that is where you reconnected with Christ. A new faith fills you with hope and becomes your savior when you cannot stay afloat. And when it is renounced, you can feel yourself drown. Your blueprint is wonderful. You are gloriously made, even when life is more than you can take. I know even as a child, you had planned to run away. Unfortunately, that is a feeling that does not go away. And darling, if all you do is choose to stay, do you not realize that is what makes you brave? And later someday you will come to meet a boy, but no matter what happens, you are not damaged goods. The fairy tales depicted that you would meet your Prince Charming, but they did not say that the first few might be harming. Not only that, but your own mistakes are hard to ignore. But the mistakes are not you, you are so much more. More than the fear of being alone, more than the need of being condoned. I know you are still young, but someday you'll go numb, and you'll let people use you in more ways than one. Yes, you built up your walls and went on the guard. You did not trust, you would not start, so you held on so tight that you broke your own heart. Darling, when you meet your husband, remember how to love, for it is not just a dream. Someday you will discover your first Corinthians, chapter 13. Today he isn't here, but never lose hope. God has planned for you more than you could ever know. And perhaps one day you'll fulfill a lifetime goal of raising children into a life you've never known. Remember your hurt of feeling alone and make a life for them so that they can cope. And if they cry in their beds at night, pray they inherit your will to fight. Pray you're not the only one that will always choose life. The world thinks you're wild and unfit for this life. But while they were judging, you were trying to survive. 
You have fought battles that would make them cower and hide. You have defeated beasts the world does not even know. Their shadows of doubt are no place for you to grow. And darling, growth does not come when you're clinging to life, but once the dust clears and you regain your sight. And darling, don't you see? You've grown, you're strong, you're free. You will no longer be the meek little girl you think yourself to be. You are a woman clothed in scars. You are a vagabond who has come so far. The world paints a picture you need to erase. With their norms and expectations, your identity was defaced. There are hardships, lessons, joys, and hurting as you make your way down this difficult journey. And although life is not always a shower of praise and glory, you have always been worth it. And that's the moral of the story.